Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Yeah, you know. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm. Today is Wednesday, July 22nd, 2020. This is episode 119-119. I am so excited about this one, guys. I had such a blast interviewing Chicago-based singer-songwriter Austin Fillmore. Now, Austin has an incredible story, and it was so cool to hear him talk about his journey so far. In this interview, guys, we talked about his humble beginnings and how he got to where he's at now, his musical inspirations across tons of different types of genres, including rock and roll, hip-hop, and rap. We also discussed how he's built his fan base and found his super fans. He's managed by someone that I actually had on the podcast previously, Evan Price of the Artist Collective. And it's really, really cool to actually hear it from the artist's perspective now on what it's like to work with someone like Evan Price. Of course, we talked about upcoming music and his plans for the future. This interview, though, guys, is filled with tons of awesome stories. We were laughing the whole time, and I had such a blast. Austin, thanks for taking the time to come on, man. Let's let the people hear your story for themselves. This is episode 119 with Austin Fillmore. All right, Austin Fillmore. I'm going to give you a round of applause because... Listen, we got a ton of mutual friends, and I'm a little upset at myself. This is the first time we've really connected. I know we've touched base on social media. Um, I want to first start by acknowledging you on everything I've heard about you and seen about you. You're a show-improved guy, man. Again, Wiz Khalifa, we were talking about it before we went live. You're a show-improved guy, man. I've talked to – I've had – Flynn is a, a close friend of mine. The Cafe Disco guys I've had on the podcast. Of course, your manager, Evan. Uh, you've come up in every single interview in lots of different ways, like collaborations with you, your journey as an artist uh, with Evan, what it's like to manage uh, a rapper who also is influenced by lots of different genres. So mm -hmm. I just want to say, man, like mad props to you. Love your music. You're hustling. You're talented. And I respect the shit out of you for everything you do, man. For real. Man, I really appreciate that. For real. Absolutely, man. It, it comes from the heart, man. And um it's hilarious that, you know, 10 minutes uh, start of our conversation, we're talking about our favorite Wiz Khalifa song. So I'm excited <laughs> about this, man. Dude, man. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, I, I'm always around, surrounded around people that, like, you know, we probably have similar backgrounds, just like the music taste that we went through. And Yep. You're 28, right? Yep. So you're, you know, almost, you know around, around my age. So, like, you know, our generation is, is, is on the cusp of getting older. Yeah, but man, like we don't feel. I don't feel like I'm that old. So like, I don't give yeah. a fuck. I agree. <laughs> I love yeah. that too, man. Yeah, that'll be the, that'll be the thing that'll uh, be most interesting to see about really how the next like five to ten years play out when our grandparents' generation kind of like fades away, right? And our parents who raise us, and obviously to a certain extent, your product of your environment and how you're raised is, is a huge part of who you are. Mm -hmm. I think that our parents' generation saw a lot different of a, a life than our grandparents. And yeah. that time is coming now, man. That's like how I felt about getting older. It's not like, oh, I'm getting older. That sucks. Like, life's over, right? Like, every day is more exciting for me, to be honest with you. You know, especially being in the music industry, right? Like, yeah. we're a master of basically how we want things to play out, man. And that's, and that's our jobs, and I enjoy that. But when people always used to say, I'm getting older... I was like, oh, I must suck getting older, right? Because, like, things aren't as exciting anymore. And I think our generation, millennials, and, like, even one up and one down are like, nah, fuck that, man. Like, the older you get, the more you learn, the more people you meet, the more experiences you have. The better. Yeah, like, this is, uh, this is episode 119 of the podcast, man. Congratulations. Thanks, man. And I've, I think I've had probably at least 90 different guests at this point, maybe 95. Uh, a, few, a few rappers, a few singer-songwriters, lots of DJs, obviously. 
people from all different sorts of industries, health and wellness, music industry, of course, too. And I feel like every interview, man, like I learned not only more about other people, but more about like myself. And I had a, I had a deep conversation actually with uh, one of my personal mentors and I was telling him, I was like, you know, for a while I was too caught up in trying to be big, like me, like my name, like Sherm, right? And I'm trying to like do other things that people are doing and I lost track of what I wanted to do, which is literally just talk to people like you, man, and, and learn from you. And I got into that again in the past two years and I feel so much more fulfilled. Like I don't need a blue check mark to enjoy life. You know, exactly. that, that's great, grand, wonderful, man, but that will come with time and who knows when something like that will happen. Not even like that's a verification of validity you know validity but yeah uh, that's not what verifies you that's not what verified means man you know what i'm saying yeah that's funny how that blue check really don't do nothing no it don't don't, you know no it, 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 it honestly it's it's something that uh i feel that our generation is really coming to grips with is just because the world says you're hot shit doesn't mean you are Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. So, yeah, and, and that's been probably the best part about the podcast for me is really getting back into it, which is I love talking to people about what they love, man. And like I started off, that's why I'm excited to talk to you because you are obviously someone who loves what they do. You wear your heart in your sleeve. You've worked your ass off to get to this point, and, and I'm excited to hear your story, man. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir, man. Of course, awesome. Let's start at the beginning then, man. You live in Lincoln Park right now. Are you a Chicago guy? Where were you born? I was born at Rush. Uh, uh, you know the hospital that's on 290? Yep. Yep, that's where I was born. Uh, we lived in the city for a few years. Um, when we dipped out to the Burrs, went to Bolingbrook. Mm-hmm. Got crazy, a little crazy over there. And then some oh, pop to Naperville. And then I graduated from Oak Park. And then right after that, um, moved to the city. Moved back to the city, which I was living off of North Avenue, Austin. Sure. I graduated. So I was, like, right on the edge, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. And then, um, yeah, what happened? So then uh, bounced around between the city and the burbs. Got, got into some trouble. Went to jail. Uh, got arrested for selling cocaine. Went through that stuff. Came out of that on the other side of, well, I'm never going back to jail again. Uh, but also, <laughs> I don't know if I really want to do the school thing, so... Yeah. Let me try something else. So, yeah. uh, music was just—it was just always a part of my life because I grew up in church, and, and my, you know, my dad's a pastor, and my mom played uh, piano. So, growing up, we were required to play like uh, an instrument and a sport. So, I did three sports and I did three instruments. And, you know, I, I put the instruments down, you know, like around middle school time to focus on sports, uh, uh, basketball specifically, basketball and soccer. Nice. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hella dope. Uh, but then, you know, I, what I was finding myself, I was finding myself, like, in the cafeterias, like, freestyling and shit like that. Yeah. Having a good time. And uh, so, you know, time goes on. You get older. Uh, I go through all that stuff, and I'm, so I'm in the jail. I'm in jail, and I'm, like, freestyling for the inmates. We're just having fun. And someone's like, yo, you know, you should try. You should try doing it when you get out, man, because you're, you're kind of good. I was like, oh, you <laughs> Uh, he's like, yeah, you should try it. I was like, all right, well, I guess, maybe. So then I remember I got out. My mom picked me up, and the first thing I had was, like, Subway. And she was like, all right, so you ready to go get a job? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I got to get it. No, I don't really want to. So I was like, fuck, I, I guess I'm really trying to do this music thing. And, uh, you know, still try to go to school at the same time and, you know, do all that stuff. But, um it was just been a journey, bro. One thing, one thing has led to another and, and everything that I've gotten is just, just having, uh, it's from having different relationships with people. Yeah. I, I, I pride myself on being able to, uh, interact with anyone. Um, I'm, uh, I was, I was in a, I was on a podcast last night. Uh, I don't know if you heard of them, but they're, uh, unprepared or ill-advised and unprepared, unprepared and ill-advised. Yeah. have heard. Yeah. Yeah. Those are my boys. Nice. So, uh, I was on their I was on their podcast and they have a dope podcast, man. Because we just uh, they literally set up like you know six different mics and uh, I bring a few of my boys and we just sit there and we smoke and we drink and we talk about everything. I don't even think we even talk about my music. 
<laughs> Those are the best interviews, man. Seriously. You know what I mean? He'll, yeah. Like we'll we'll, we'll 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 start off talking about the music, and then we'll get into the most every conspiracy thing you can possibly think of. <laughs> so um, we're in It's it's so dope. So um, but but one of the things he said, and you know, it was kind of really humbling. Um, I'm he, he's he's like, man, I just feel like you can just talk to anybody, bro. And I'm like, man, that's that's really all I wanted. And wanted to be acknowledged for someone that can just talk to everybody. Yeah. That's it. So, so you know, his journey's been great. It's been awesome. And, uh, you know, it's still going. It's still going. And yeah. I'm loving it, man. I'm loving having a great time. I love that, Austin. And first off, thank you for sharing your story, uh, you know, on an intimate level. I know um, everybody's got a different journey, man. And of music, for people that I've had on the podcast in the industry, right, it always comes into their life in a serious way when they decide to make it a career when it is a life decision, right? And it's really tough, especially um, <clears throat> with parents that may not be well-versed in the music industry or it's oh, not yeah. it's, it's not as, you know, blue-collar, right? Like, my dad was a doctor. Like, my mom, they're both from the East Coast, right? And, and they believed in me and they supported me, but it was like, you need to get a job, too, because, like, you don't know if that's going to happen, right? And that's so tough when, right when you decide, this is what I want to do and not have everybody behind you. Right. Yeah. Talking about this this idea where, when really I mean it's it's a simple saying when the going gets tough like the tough get going man it doesn't matter what business or brand or anything exactly uh, and that's the best part about music to me is whether or not someone supports you there's something else out there that can inspire you mm-hmm. my question for you is do you remember a moment when you realized that I wanted this to happen was it when you heard a song was it one of your friends like when you're freestyling like you said. Do you remember like an actual like actual moment when you were vulnerable and you said, "No, music is what I want to do. I'm gonna make this my career." Um, you know, I was I found I found um, uh, I found happiness in uh, being the center of attention. Um, so like at the college parties, yeah. uh, you know, before I got locked up would just be freestyling, you know what I'm saying, at, at, at a house party, which was okay. which was the purest, the purest type of fun were house parties, man. True. You remember just growing up and just like people you know, whether it's in high school or college, just people that you that you interact with on a daily basis. Yeah. And you're just getting you're you're getting fucked up out of your mind. You know what I'm saying? It's just yes. it's, it's awesome and it's you're young, so it's like it's like Everything about it is a rush. You gotta, you gotta get liquor. Okay, how you gonna get liquor? You ain't got, you ain't got no ID. You gonna <laughs> steal it, or you're gonna, or you're gonna call someone who knows someone. My parents' home. How's everybody getting to the party? We can't have, right. enough, can't have too many cars out front. Yeah, too many cars out front. You know what is that Midwest, Midwest life? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's, uh, and then like, you know, when I was in college, I went to this, this junior college in the suburbs. So the football guys. They all rented a house by the school. It was like a seven-bedroom house. Next to you know, like that's the party spot. <laughs> I'm talking about that. The, everything you think that could happen happened at that house. Yeah, I hear you. And so, you know what else happens? You know, people get drunk. They want to freestyle. So this is this is around the time of Little Wayne. So everyone wanted to freestyle and stuff. And back then, you know, if, if you could, if you could freestyle, man, the girls were looking at you like you were the man. So, I, you know, that's that's how it started. And but I, I think the moment I realized it was, um, I, I said I wanted to start doing it, and so then like I just started meeting these random little suburb kids. I started doing it with, and I remember we we did a show, we did a show at this place called Club Glow. Club Glow was a place in in Buffalo Grove. It was a it was like one of those zero gravity type clubs. But yeah. It was inside of it was inside of a fucking bowling alley. <laughs> Club glow, all right. Inside a fucking bowling alley. <laughs> but I just remember, I'm like, man, I don't know. This is this is like some good's about to happen, bro. And it was like this this little duck off club. Club looked dope, you know. The lights, you know. All you needed was 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 something that looked like a fucking uh, glow in the dark tag, laser tag thing. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. God. Guys are like, yeah, we're gonna drink Red Bulls. It's like, yo, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so my black ass come up there, 
and the dude who's throwing this, he's like one of those, like one of those, you know, like those Lake Park type of guys, like those techno dudes with the spiked hair. And he like yeah. wants to, he wants to be a club promoter, but wants to do it in the birds, not the city. And yeah, and they're, they're like sixteen year old girls, and he let me perform. I was in a group. I was in a group back then called Special Education, and I just remember seeing all these people just whoa, they're going crazy. Oh, yeah. And I just remember look, and we we weren't shit. Like it was, I was like, I, we weren't, we really weren't that great. I just, remember looking, I just remember looking and being like, yo, this feeling feels absolutely fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was just like, I'm just gonna keep doing it. You know, everyone that I started with, the people you start with are you are usually never the ones you finish with. You know, like I remember I, I started with some, I started with so many guys, man, so many guys, and they just all just kept falling off, falling off, falling off, falling off, and I just, I told myself I'd never quit. Yeah. And I, I remember there's one moment, one of my best friends, I remember we were like 22, 22, 23, and he was like, yo, you know, if by the time we're like 25 and this is going to pop off, like you should probably like try to find something else to do. Shit. And I was like, in my head, and like my natural reaction was like, yeah, you're right. But in my mind, I'm like, it's going to pop off by the time I'm 25. But in my natural reaction, I'm like, yeah, you're right. But in my head, I was like, wait. I was like, you know what, bro? Even if I do turn 25, I can't see myself doing anything else. So, you know, years later, I'm, I'm, I'm here now. I'm still doing it. <laughs> so, like, you know, that that's, I, I think about those moments often. So do I. You know what I mean? Awesome. I, I know exactly what you mean, man. And <clears throat> it's a conversation that comes up. Like, I always love asking that question because it usually kind of leads to kind of what I was talking about earlier, right? Where it's just like. When the going gets tough, the tough gets going, man. And and it's it's really, really hard because in the beginning, everybody wants to be a part of it, especially when you're young, right? And, and that's a fun thing to do and people are pumped up about it. And then kind of like what we might call real life comes at you and they're like, all right, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. And then people grow up and those friends that now are married and have kids don't come to the shows and don't go out partying and stuff like that. And then it's just like people like you and I that are there. Yep. And I realized that I actually have made more true friendships with people like you who are so determined to make this happen. Yep. And that's been the most special part for me is because it was really tough for me um, to honestly say goodbye. You know, yep. like it's okay to stay in touch with people, sure. But I was like stressing myself out trying to maintain relationships with people that weren't pursuing music over a long course of time, right? Mm -hmm. And people, it's tough because unless you really love it, it's tough to do every day, man, right? Because, right? Like I maybe at one point thought to myself probably a few years ago, I was like, I'll be playing on big festivals, no big deal, man. Like I'm going up, up, up. And the thing is, you go up, up, up in the very beginning because everybody's like, this is awesome. This is great. They're supporting you. You feel it. You really feel it. But you feel it even more when no one's supporting you. Right. Yeah? Right. Okay. And you got to keep going through that, man. And a lot of people don't make it past then. And I think a lot of people are not going to make it past what's going on right now because – those little things, the live shows, kind of what most of us do it for, that experience in person. Are they doing it for that? Or are they doing it for the love of music? And we'll find yeah. out. So yeah, I, I 150% relate to you. And that, again, that's why I asked that question, because it always kind of leads to the point where we're at now, where we've kind of revised our plan. We know what our long-term goals are. And we got serious about it. We got serious about it. Yes. Yes, exactly, man. Exactly. Well, who were some of your influences then? And do any of them still apply now, I guess, to your music process? I mean, when you were free song, you said Lil Wayne. We're talking about Wiz Khalifa. But you're, you're a rock star. You told me you're a rock star, man. Man, I also was listening to Kings of Leon. And mm-hmm. I, used to, I used to listen to 311 and Sublime and Weezer. Nice. Fucking um, Dashboard Confessionals, bro. I listen to every System of a Down. Dude, we have the same music taste. <laughs> my my chemical romance, like yes. Hawthorne Heights. Wow. Dude. I used to listen to uh Breaking Benjamin too. Same. <laughs> like I was literally all over the board. And 
it was it was around which you, you were probably a little younger in this time, but you know the the mix CD where you gotta burn a CD. Oh, yeah. bro, I had like, I it, it go from it go from a, a Fifty Cent song to a to a Kings and Leon song <laughs> to a Lil Wayne song. Like every song on my on my mix CD was different, and that's how I listened to my music, bro. So, it just makes sense that when I make music, like I can't make the same song every single time because yeah. I hate when it's the same song coming up on my song. I want a different. I want to rock out next time, and then I want to hang out the window swing. Like I yeah. just want different feelings. You remember like, when you would have a CD and you would like know a song you want to go to, and you like track, 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 track nine. <laughs> then you go track, 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 track two. <laughs> you made you made the CD so you know where it's at, and that's the whole reason. You look. The whole reason why you made that CD was for that one song, but you didn't want to be a lame and just have. You didn't want to waste the CD and have one song. So you had to fill it up with other things yeah. that you didn't listen to. But the first song you went to, <laughs> dude, I remember. Yeah, right. <laughs> you went to was that one. Like That's back. Yeah, and like friends that would have a car that would like first get a car, and they were like, "All right, we're taking my car," and it was all based around a CD that you recently made. Exactly, a hundred percent. Motherfuckers <laughs> were like trying to rig their speakers and make the bass sound all big and shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, dude. The homies that would have like subwoofers in the back and they wouldn't even have a trunk. Like I played, I played lacrosse in high school and that was a big, you know, like pick each other up, go back and forth to practice games, all that sort of shit. Right, it was, right. wasn't as it wasn't as widely uh, popular, so we had a lot of transport ourselves. So it wasn't like a school sport technically until I was. Further into high school. Right, right, anyway, right. I remember there were so many guys. We'd have to put bags in one car so that people could get into one because they had the subwoofers. And it was just like, I remember we used to play a milli, dude. We used to play a milli because it had sub game like none of A milli, a milli. Get in. Oh, man. And we're like dropping it. You know, I'm like from like rural indiana right and we're like rolling past like a culver's like a million a million like hey how you doing <laughs> <laughs> but dude that shit, that that honestly like i'm i'm always so thankful of growing up in in our time because of 2000s rap like we got a taste of that like kind of 90s punk vibes and stuff but really that 2000s rap era when we were kind of like you know, I guess going through puberty, getting into high school, getting girlfriends and stuff, like grinding on the walls and, and girls having or guys having blue jean marks on the walls because yeah. we're grinding up on them. And it was all just like that Nelly, 50 Cent, I mean, Lil Wayne, right? Like that whole era, man. Bro, it was we 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 literally got the best of both worlds. Like we got the, the you know, the Internet boom. We were the we were the Internet kids. But then like so like our parents who are like older Yep. Who who like they really don't want to seek out new information. Like for us, we we know about the old, but also have the ability to keep learning the new. Totally. I was raised on like Bruce Springsteen and Journey and so many others. Uh, you know, seventies and eighties rock band, Jimi Hendrix. Man, like. Oh yeah. Like I said, my parents are from the East Coast, Baltimore, and New York City, and um, they had their fair share of experiences with live shows, and and I I think. Uh, I think a lot of people from our generation cut ourselves too short because we got those my chemical romances right also at the same time as again like nelly and lil wayne so i'm right there with you, man right bro and we were like the change the music. like the switch up of music and how it's you know, how it's received and 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 how it's delivered was all because of us yeah, man, and I want to ask you that, to transition on that, like your music now, Austin. When I listen to it, when I listen back through it, I I went through a lot of your tracks today, and now asking you that question, I got a good idea of what this future is going to be. I mean, I'm hearing modern day stuff like I don't know if you're influenced by. I'm going to assume this Don Toliver, Lucy Vert, all the way back <laughs> to Nas and Lil Wayne, man. Like and like you said, like. I guess some my chemical romance vibes. Like I, I'm waiting for you to just like ah, start screaming. <laughs> I yeah, <could. laughs> I, t I totally could. 
Um, it's funny you said Don Tolliver, man. Yeah, I've been getting compared to him a lot. This new music I've been making lately is, is definitely has that that Don Tolliver vibe, man. He's a he's a he's he's dope, man. I really like him. Um, his project, Heaven or Hell, kind of got me through this fucking quarantine. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh man, that whole project. I still listen to that. I, I listen. To, I, I do one of those songs every day. Uh, I love him, man. I'm a I'm a big Travis Scott fan, and when he came out, love Travis. Love Travis, man. Love Travis. So, like, if, if I was assigned to any label or anybody, it would it would be them right now because like Cactus Jack, <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like Jack, yeah, Cactus Jack. Because it's like, like what 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 Wiz Khalifa and Taylor game was to us back then. That's what that's what it feels like Cactus Jack is right now. For sure. Just a lot more, a lot more stars, a lot more people that are individually stars as well. Absolutely. I feel connected to them, dude. Like, I have so yeah. much Travis Scott merch. Like, there's something about him and his brand and everything he represents. Like, I'm a huge Nike guy. And yep. I love, like, live energy. And um, that's kind of the thing, too, like, that I want to ask you about as well. Like, with live rap music, right? I think that there was a lot of, of uh, mixed opinions about live shows because that sort of rap was blowing up at the same time as, as electronic music. And a lot yeah. of electronic music acts, you feel like the show, right? Right. And now yeah. rappers have to bring that sort of energy. Like Travis Scott, to me, is the pinnacle of live rap. Ridiculous. Newport Shorts. Yeah. He's ridiculous, bro. And he, he was, he was able to blend what Kid Cudi and Kanye West started, and, and make it huge. You know what Dude. I mean? And look at him now, collaborating with Kid Cudi, man. Like, gosh, I love that. That's gonna be huge. You know who else? You know who else I like? Yeah. I might get slack for this on on your radio interview, but Post Malone, bro, that dude's. Bro, I love Post Malone. I love Post. <laughs> he's he's, dude. He did a song with Travis Scott, and fucking Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, uh, DJ Khaled, right? Uh, no, it's it was called. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta look at the project, but that's he had, he had those three on the song, Travis Scott himself and Ozzy Osbourne. Like, what the fuck? Who thinks to get Ozzy Osbourne? And the the song was so dope. Bro, that's gonna be you. Huh? That's gonna be you. Oh man, I'm ready. I'm so ready. I'm so ready for that. And cause like, cause like, I'm I'm gonna be the rapper who does bring back those people. Like, you know how he he brought back Ozzy. I'm going to go get the dude from My Chemical Romance. Yep. I'm going to go get the, the lead singer from Weezer. You know what I'm saying? Like, Panic like, at the Disco, dude. You're going to, like, get all that shit. Panic at the Disco. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? Dude, of course. Panic at the Disco was so lit. For real, though. Uh, but my, my question, Austin, is with all these different influences, and obviously you are physically, emotionally, spiritually influenced by these people musically, what would you define as your genre if you could? Like, if I if I was saying, "Hey, this is my boy, Awesome Filmer," like he's this type of music, what would you say? Uh, man, I, I kind of think I pride myself on not having a genre. Yeah, um, that's an answer too, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, I, I don't know, trap, pop, pop, something. I don't know, bro. For me, everything is just a feeling. It's just a feeling, dog. Yeah. I'm just feeling my way through. I hear something I like, I'll make it. So it's like the, the open genre or something, maybe. For real, though. Open genre works, man. And I think that's what a lot of rappers today kind of exemplify, right? Like, again, to like talk about the background. Got tracks, like, that could be something like RIP Screw Off Azure. He's got tracks like No Bystanders that, like, are club hits. And exactly. I think. Kind of, I think that's happening to a lot of artists that are emerging these days. And the reason they're emerging is because, like we talked about before, there are people that believe in their process, believe in their music, and love what they're doing. And whether or not they blow up, that's fine. Dude, mm-hmm. Travis has got a crazy story, man. And he's someone that just has, like, worked his ass off and now has this sound. And I see you on a very similar path right now, man, right? Like, you're not pigeonholing yourself. Man, I really appreciate you so much, bro. And it's, it's, it's you know... The crazy part about it is when you when you when I started making music, yeah, uh, and then I'm having like these these people that I'm around that 
that, you know, I'm, I'm considering to be my friends. And next thing you know, you know, things, I'm, you know, I start doing bigger things and uh, certain people, certain people hate. And then, but, but then you get, you find a few friends that don't. But then the, even, so then you, you, you let go of the people that hate and even the, the few friends that don't, you know, as things start to get a little more bigger that they're around, but then you start doing things they don't like. Like, like you are switching your sound. You're trying to do new things and then they don't start liking it. So it's like, you got to find a whole new, a whole new sector. And it's just like, man, I'm just going to make the music I like and focus on the people that like me for no reason. For sure, Austin. And, and that's actually a, a great segue into my question, which is, Working with producers who could be like Flynn, who could be like Cafe Disco, how influential are they on you in the studio and vice versa? Right? Like, I actually asked that question to Cafe Disco. About me? Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, what's it like working with, um, you know, someone who's more of a, uh, you know, singer like they've worked with on a few of their tracks, right? As compared to you. And they're, I mean, I know that. Was it like working with people that are, that are in different genres than I'm in? Or is that what you're asking? Yeah, like if you're working with Cafe Disco or you're working with somebody else who's like, let's just say I'm an 808, you know, hip hop producer, and then I'm Cafe Disco. Like, what's your mental process like? To walk into um, I'm very open, bro. Like, so yeah, like, yeah. I don't, I don't. I walk in, you know, I'm, I'm I try to have as, as bubbly as a personality, you know what I'm saying? Just going there like, oh, okay, boo, let's do, let's do this, let's do this. And for me, like, my creativity is is sparked by the creativity of others. So I just always tell, like, like for me, like, you know, I, I executive produce. Like, if I go in there, if if, if we go in there and with, with the mindset for making something to, uh, from scratch, then it's a collaboration, obviously. Obviously, still a collaboration if. If I'm going in there, listening to their beats, I'm like, yo, what you created has just inspired me to create something over that. So yeah. then we, we go in. So I just, I just, I say open and I let the music speak to me. And I, I don't judge anyone. I, I listen to everything. I listen yeah. to everything. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm honest with people. I'm brutally honest. If I don't like something, I'm going to tell you. So you got to be prepared. And I, I think, I think real artists appreciate that. That one aspect is that I'm just not the guy's like, yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it. And then I don't, you don't hear from me. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if I say I like it, I like it. If I say I don't like it, I'm just like, I don't like this particular song. Doesn't mean I don't want like another one, so keep showing me more. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. And from, you know, an electronic producer standpoint, like, that's how it has to be. It doesn't even have to be electronic music, man. Like, you have to get on the same page in the studio, especially. Do you, do you make most of your music in the studio, or do you do a lot of things where you buy a beat, or work with someone who makes a beat, or make the music first, like, uh, lately, it's been just creating in the studio. Uh, I've been blessed to been able to work with people like Milk and Cooks. Yeah. Uh, and and so Paul from Milk and Cooks become a good friend and, and also a writing buddy. You know, uh, so we, we we got a lot of stuff in the works too. Um, so I've been I've been over there a lot lately, but lately it's just been popping in studios. Uh, I've always been that's one thing that has never stopped in, in my entire life throughout everything that, that I've ever been through. I'm always recording and always recording. So I got songs there. Bro, I got thousands of songs stacked up. So I'm finishing up. I just I just sent off to, to my distribution label a project that's going to be dropping in August. Yeah. yeah. Um, August 7th. I'm going to start promoting that soon. We have another project that's going to be coming out. It's getting mixed right now. It's going to come out in October. And another project that I'm getting mixed right now is going to come out in November. Dude, let's go. Mm-hmm. Shit ain't stopping for you. It's not, man. I'm just gonna keep. I'm gonna keep grinding. Keep keep making this music, bro. And that's I it. Man. I love it, man. I'm 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 passionate about it. Um, and people like 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 Flynn. Like I fucking love Flynn. He's a fucking cool ass motherfucker, man. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and, and and I think I think I think people like him. Um, uh, appreciate the fact that yeah, I'm not really into the house scene. But if you throw me a beat that I like, fuck it, I'll try it. And then we had that Do It To Him song. Bro, that track is so hot. Mm. Is shout, out, shout out Brad Varsity for that too, bro. Cause yeah. Varsity, it's, it's, and it's, awesome. it's awesome to do songs with other rappers on 
beats that both of us are not used to because then I, I was inspired by his verse. I was like, okay, that's what you did. Okay, let me try doing it this right. way. You know what I'm saying? So, right. Now, that yeah. track, that track, first time I heard that, dude, he Flint sent that to me. I mean, you know how much longer it got released after you got finished. He sent that shit to me. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry. I'll get one second. Chicago train, baby. Chicago train, man. I actually, I actually love that that just went by. This is a raw interview. <laughs> there we go. That's not bad. It's decent. It's decent. It's cool. It's pretty chill. Greener right for you. Yeah, but like I said, uh, when Clint sent the I already knew you guys, and I knew you guys was a result of And it was a great combination of all of you guys' styles. You know, kind of got that Mac Miller, a little more sing-along type vibe. Like, mm-hmm. got that Don Tolliver, but like Lil Wayne, like kind of like verbiage and stuff. And Flynn kind of challenged himself with the buildup and break. And then the drop, of course, is Flanino style. But um, dude, just like tracks like that are like make me excited of music, man. Like collaboration. I, I don't know who I saw tweet this. Shit, it might have been you, man. But like, it was uh, it was some electronic producer who was like, I can't wait to see rappers and other you know singer songwriters go out of that traditional frame of what let's call it top forty rap, right? And and this right. is kind of what Post Malone and Travis have done is develop a new lane. And I love Migos and stuff, right? But they have a framework, right? They have a lane. It's, it's, it's kind of the same thing over and over. And that's mm-hmm. Party B, same thing. But it's people like you and Brad who are like paving your own lane. And then we're all kind of gotten on this new highway together, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, it's creating a whole new, a whole new vibe, a whole new thing, energy in Chicago. And yeah. uh, um, I'm, ha- I'm glad it's, it's happening in the city of Chicago. Um, yeah. and, and I, I think, I think we're going to be putting Chicago here on the map once they start realizing the amount of talent that's just here, you know what I'm saying? That's, that, that's, that, that's all we need. And, you know, I feel, I, I wish, I wish the people that did blow up in Chicago actually blew up in Chicago. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, this is what it is. I know, man, it's, a, it's an interesting scene here, but I couldn't agree more, man. There's so many talented musicians here and it's going to happen for us because we're a city that's built upon hard knocks right not to say new york or los angeles isn't as but when you just look at big cities in the u.s those are markets where a lot of people who do kind of get a taste of it in chicago go to but now i see a lot of people like you maybe even like me right i don't even usually say that but i've been here for five years fucking cutting my teeth doing this shit week in week out man and i'm saying i rep chicago like i'm not going to go to los angeles or new york and try and do something else there because we got a great fucking city here with some awesome people and some talented motherfuckers. And I think that's kind of what's going on in the city right now, man. 100%. And it's crazy because, you know, like, if you're from Chicago, you, you have a different, you got a different energy about yourself. You got a different swag. There's, there's, there's a different realness that, yeah. that, that you come with. And it's crazy how I attract, like, when I'm in these other cities, I somehow attract people from Chicago. <laughs> like I went to LA and I realized I'm meeting all these people and they're from the state of Illinois or from Chicago. <laughs> and it's like, damn, like and I'm and then and then and then the LA people I meet, you know, they're they're cool or whatever, but it's just there's just a certain energy about a someone that's from the Midwest that 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 they have and, and we find each other always. Yeah. So true, man. Speaking of people with big hearts from the Midwest, your manager, Evan Price, founder of our co-founder of Artist Collective, man. Uh, I'm, I'm very influenced him by him in, in many different ways. He's a smart guy, head on his shoulders, hard worker. He's your manager, of course. I just want to ask simply, you know, what's it like to work with him and, and help build your brand together, man? I hate it. I hate him. <laughs> Evan, Evan, if you're listening to this, I love you. Uh, Evan is, Evan is, man... How do I put this? I, if I would have met Evan earlier, 
we would be a lot further along. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. But the amount that we have done in the past, you know, year and a half, two years is just awesome. And I, I liked him. You know, I had other managers before. Nothing that I actually signed. But, I, you know, the managers that I met, we, we, were, we, we met, we were cool for a few weeks, and then they're like, I want to manage you and stuff like that. And so... Yeah. I never, I'm, I, I, I never, I never stop anyone from what they want to do. But I, I'm always, like you said, showing approval. Okay, we're gonna be my manager. Let's let's see what you do. And then, you know, a lot of people don't really know what to do. They, they, they pretty much. I, I, I don't want to be working with someone who wants to manage me, trying to do the exact same things that I've already been trying to do. Yeah. Like coming oh. to the table. And, you know, even before Evan, I was managing myself. You know, my House of Blue shows, I got that myself. My my festival shows, I got all that myself, you know. But now having someone like Evan who we've combined efforts because he has a goal and a plan. I have a goal and a plan. And we realize that for, for our goals and plans to work out, we need to help each other. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, 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 we're, we're damn near in the process of starting a label because we know so many different artists and stuff. And and that's like our, our next step is just bringing everything together. But I, I'm so blessed to have him, man. He's he's he turned me from an artist to a, a pretty legit business. My branding has gotten better, um, and we're just we're trying new things. And he's he 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 allows me to really just focus on the music aspect. And there's other business sides to it that I really you know I, I should know and I do know and I, I learn and I sit there, but. You know, for the most part, I'm like Evan, just handle that shit, cause I'm trying to make some more songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he and he does it, man. You know, we we start venturing out into doing the ads and stuff, bro. So it's it's for sure. wild, man. So yeah, um, people like him, <clears throat> Willie, uh, my homie Willie. He's a, he's a manager as well, but he's really smart on the marketing side. And you know, it's we're we're finding people along the way that are just that are really talented, really hungry, and really humble. And at the same time, we're finding a lot of people that uh, we really do not like. (laughs) (laughs) Me me and him have a list of people that, uh, it's a short list, that, like, if we see them, like, it's like, oh, I'm going to knock his ass out. Because, like, we were so nice to you. So you better hope you don't see me. And as as soon as as we blow up, like, don't hit my line. Because if you do, I will answer and will tell you to fuck off. I respect that, man. You know what I mean? And for, for, for me, the type of person that I am, the type of person that Evan is, for us to get to that point, because we are very, we're very giving, we're very loving, and our resources, like, which, you know, I'm kind of learning I shouldn't be doing, but I'm very open with my resources. So a lot of people then come and they, they hang out and they're like, oh, we got the resources, we don't need him anymore. Right. And, and you know, at the same time, it's fine with me because, you know, the people that I, I'm connected with, they understand how good I am. As far as a person, yeah, everyone that I've connected with, from Evan to my to my producers and engineers, we were friends. We're friends. We hang out. We we drink. We party. So it's like, <laughs> even if the music shit don't work out, these are still gonna be the people I'm gonna be spending the rest of my life with. So yeah, I love yeah. that man. Evan, Evan's one of my best friends. You know, like he's met my daughter. My my daughter always ask about him. I, I want to see your friend Evan. Evan, <laughs> you know, it's like it's. It's a family affair, so. I love that, man. And yeah. when, I, uh, when I asked him about you, uh, you know, of course, we got into one of his main fundamental building blocks, which is super fans, and he was a fan of you, man. He went and saw you live, and, and I think that's, that's such a genuine and, and raw and authentic story, man. And my question for you is about super fans. You have a lot, and you found them. The question itself is, what has that process been like, not only finding them, but then what has it been like for you from a fulfillment standpoint, connecting with people who truly appreciate and love your music? It's, man, it's, uh, it's a blessing. It's, it's fun. It's, it's humbling. Um, and it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I said, I think you got 20,000 monthly Spotify listeners. To me, those aren't padded stats, man. Like, and, and your followers and everything, like, those are people who really love it. And mm-hmm. I think that, again, what we were talking about earlier, there are a lot of people who get in this for the blue check mark, right? right. They, they, they pay their way through, whatever it might be, how much, how real is it to them? And I think that's why, you know, talking to you now, man, like, it's clear why you're going to continue on this uphill trend because 
those people are the ones who spread the word about you, right? Hundred percent, man. You know, my dad told me a story a long time ago. Um, Twenty-five percent of the people in the world like you for no reason. Twenty-five percent, twenty-five percent of the people in the world hate you for no reason. Twenty-five percent of the people in the world, you could probably win over. You know, you could work hard to get their attention, and you'll win them over. And some people, you could work hard to get their attention, and you probably won't win them over. So he's huh. like, who do you, who do you focus on? Yeah, I like that. And 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 everyone's like, oh, you focus on the people that you could win over. And I was like, man, that's what I thought. But my dad was like, no, nah, man, you focus on the people that like you for no reason. Yeah. Because once again, they'll be fair. They'll be fair weather people. Like so, they'll eventually come along. But you just got you got to give love and support to the ones that like you for you. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that that are gonna, uh, you know, be your super fans. Be the ones that love you forever. That's how Wiz Khalifa is able to eat forever. That's how Nas is able to eat forever. Um, and and, and Wiz Khalifa super fans talking about grow season fifteen years later, right? Exactly. We're still we, and, and 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 we could pop that motherfucker in right now and still be like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, it's um a lot of work, man, and and can, especially nowadays with how 2020 has been, um, you know, I we you got to stay on your social media, and so like I, I'm I'm up and down when it comes to social media. Uh, I usually lately I've been popping in and saying some pretty controversial stuff, um, which um. I'm speaking my mind's only your fuck, and and it's 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 a lot of work. It's 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 hard, but it's very it's very fulfilling. And when you get those people that send you messages like, man, like what you were talking about on your live, like I'm going through a divorce, or or or, or this is happening, this is happening, they're messaging me about it. And it's like, you know, that's that's humbling. And it's a lot of responsibility, but it's it's a good responsibility. Yeah, I love that. It's it's a it's a good answer, man, because. If anything, these people want to be your friend, right? And you're obviously someone who wants to be friends with people who share similar interests to you. And <laughs> if they like your music, you like your music too. So I get that, man. Exactly. I, I think it's really cool the relationship that you and Evan have. And it's going to be awesome to see how you guys continue to build your brand, his brand. I mean, I want you guys to do it, man. Seriously. I just want, I just want to do that. I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have asked it if I wasn't such a big fan of him and, and you, of course, too. So. I Thank think it's you. a good dynamic, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate you for real. Of course, Austin. And a question I want to ask you, you specifically, man. And I always love asking this to people who are not DJs, right? Because when I ask this question to DJs, they say, oh, I make a different type of beat. I make a different type of send, a different type of melody. And my question mm-hmm. is, how do you stay unique in a market where you have so much competition, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't, you kind of have answered it in one way or another. Yeah, uh, as my roommate, hey, I haven't seen you in forever. How are you? What's the word? You just burp while you hug me? Sorry, I was in the middle of a girl. Can I get a burp hug? That's my roommate and his girlfriend. She came in and gave me a hug and burped while she hugged me. She's, I feel like I, I patted on the back and she, like I'm burping a baby. He's a super fan? How's <laughs> he is? Super, super comfortable. She burping around me. I guess so. Yeah. Um. Uh, what was the question? How, how do I stay? What? Yeah, I mean, for someone who's in an industry, let's just say the music industry as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. Try and look at your competition. Do you look at them like, how can I be different, or what do you do to be unique? I mean, at the you know, at the end of the day, as, as cheesy as it's gonna sound, you know. Uh, I'm just being me. Yeah. That's, 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 and I, I think, I think, I think people reach this part in their life or this, this point where they're like, okay, I want to be different. I want to be different. And so as we're younger, we're trying to figure out all these things to be, to be different, but to be different is just to be you. And within that process that we go through trying to figure out, cause you know, we, as people, we change and we grow, you know, so and and you and you can see that in how people dress, especially when it comes to humans. You know, like, you know, we change constantly. You know, I'm not going to be the same person I am five, ten years from now, and I wasn't the same person ten, twenty years from now. Yeah. So once we be once we become okay and just realize that being us is, is is cool and being who we are is cool and being different, that's when you really just that's when things get better. You know, that's when I realize. I'm being honest, the type of person I am, I like all the different kinds of music. I like doing yeah. this, I like that, so. Yeah. 
That's when you're happiest, right? Is when when you really only do things that you truly like. Right, hundred percent. I mean, and if, even even if it doesn't work out, which you know, there's no doubt in my mind that it will. It's like, at least I did it. At least I was doing what I like to do. Yeah, you're not gonna be you're not gonna be an old man in a rocking chair saying I coulda, I shoulda, I woulda, right? I did. I went after it. I'll be with you in a rocking chair, cheers and cheers and some whiskey, saying we did it. We, we did it. Tried it and it happened, right? Exactly, exactly. And 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 uh, you know, I, I realized I had to figure, really figure out what to me is success. Once you put a, a, re, a reality, a realistic uh, expectation on your success, that's what makes grabbing and obtaining success so much easier. So it's like, okay, let me get to this level. Okay, let me get to this level. Let me get to this level. So, whatever whatever level that it finishes at, it's going to be successful because I'm not at the same level that I started. Absolutely, absolutely, man. And and that honestly is is a question that I wanted to ask you. Kind of just answered it again. That's why I love interviewing people like you, man. Because <laughs> it just is such a conversation, right? And, and it's just beautiful. But my question is, being creative, where people can have an opinion of us whether or not they're actually in the business or not, is tough. Have you, uh, have you had any moments of, of self-doubt, you know, in the dark room in the corner where you had an obstacle and you had to overcome it? If so, what was it and how'd you get over it? And every day is an obstacle. For sure. You gotta fight, you gotta fight, you gotta fight the biggest demons. And the demons aren't the people that you're seeing, the demons uh, is what's in your head. And there's so many times you're like, oh man, Maybe I should stop or this and that. And you're just like, no, I'm keeping, I'm keeping going. Yeah. And, you know, that's an everyday battle. Yeah. I, I stay creative. I, I realized what what originally inspired my creativity was my was my anger, you know, being upset at certain situations. And so what I realized, like, that's just, that's an emotion. So when I was angry, I would talk about certain types of songs. So when I was in different emotions, I started really, while being in those emotions, trying to write. Because I wanted to see what 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 types of songs were inspired by which emotion I was going through, mm-hmm. and that's how I stayed creative. And I and I started putting my, okay, I want to talk about this. Let me start putting myself in these situations to be able to talk to not be able to talk about it. Yes, you know. Yeah, so. absolutely. I love that, man. I, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. You you really it's that's when you truly get in touch with your feelings. Right. You, you actually like acknowledge what's going on. Right. It's tough for a lot of people, man, because I think it's kind of the society, at least in America, is especially in, 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 for a man in America, right? It doesn't even, doesn't even matter what race, man. It is this perception that we have to be strong, that we have to be brave, that we have to make money, that we have to supply. And there's this uh, really great podcaster and author that I love, Lewis Howes, and he has this book called The Mask of Masculinity, right? And it's about just basically getting in touch with who you are. and. Yeah. It's clear to me, Austin, you are. So, thank you. I appreciate that. It shows in your music, man. And and speaking of your music, one of the last questions I want to ask you, obviously, with coronavirus putting pretty much everyone in the music industry on the bench, right? You're someone who's had a lot of great performances, man. Like, you've played some awesome shows. I mean, big clubs in Chicago, North Coast too, right? Like, you're mm-hmm. you're a performer, man. Like, I know you want to. I want to as well. And a mm-hmm. lot of when I'm in the studio, I'm making music so I can play it at the club or play it at the festival or have other DJs, right? And I think you do to a certain extent as well. Are you looking at music differently, knowing that it might be a different outlook for the rest of the future for live music? Or how is that kind of affecting your your taste-making process? Well, uh, I feel like, you know, once, once someone comes to grips with the fact that things change and that the, the like you said the, the, the when time when t- times get tough the tough get going for me yeah. it's when times change the chameleon changes with it and I only only thing that's changed since quarantine is just my experience is different so sure. you're able to like you know before quarantine we were able to go out we we're able to party we we're able to in essence distract ourselves from the fear of having to confront ourselves because there's some things about ourselves that you know that we don't like or so there's some there's some things in our mind that we know we should be doing and talking about and you know the best thing about this quarantine is it forced me to be in the house it forced me to have to face myself so like now the music that i'm talking about 
things that I'm talking about is that process that I went through for that and realizing that uh, this is what I really want to be talking about, you know, like, and like, I'm still going to talk about everything else because, you know, I like that fun or whatever, but I, there, there, there's a part of my life, for me, it's a God factor, it's a Christian factor, it's a, it's a, I'm, I'm very, I used to not be really in tune with the news and stuff like that, like, like now I feel like I have to be, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Same. So like I want and I want to talk about that stuff. I want to put in my music, but I just don't want to say what everyone else is saying. I want to think for myself, think critically for myself, use my gut, and speak the speak the message that I believe is uh, the message that I'm supposed to be speaking. Hmm. That was one of the best answers ever, man. For real. Thanks, man. That's truth, man. This has been a great interview. I want to know what what you got coming up for the rest of you. You mentioned some music. Um, how many releases can we expect? You got a thousand tracks in the bank. I mean, goddamn! <laughs> I got a thousand plus, man. Um, uh, what do we got? What's what we got coming up? Okay, I'm driving a project called "They Don't Get It." Uh, it's gonna drop uh, August seventh. Um, I got three three songs in that project, all produced by my homie Wonder Kid, homie out of Miami. Uh, I got Brad Varsity on one of those songs. Uh, it's called "Goat." We're gonna be shooting uh, some live studio footage stuff for those songs. Um, I got some singles that I'm getting mixed right now. I got another project that I'm getting mixed by my homie, um, my homie Austin, who lives in Nashville. Okay. Who me and him, he lives in Nashville, but we get online together and we, and we make beats together, and he he fucking kills it. So I have him mixing a project that crazy project. All right, so look. Uh, my homie Remy Prosper, uh, who I met through Evan, uh, is a producer out in LA. So uh, I had these beats that I recorded with my homie Kari. I'm gonna I'm gonna play. It's called a hip hop hip opera. Uh, and so my buddy who's in the play with me, who sings opera, he also records, mixing masters and stuff. So I'm I recorded some stuff with him. I recorded over these beats from this kid in Europe. Uh, long story short, the kid in Europe, you know, wanted wanted like a thousand dollars per beat or whatever, and. And I'm like, shit, I can't pay that shit. I'm not about to do that. And so <laughs> uh, I took the vocals from, those, from the song and I gave it from those five songs and I gave it to my homie Remy. I'm like, yo, can you, can you build a beat around this? He goes, yeah, I can try. And bro, he made, I think, my five best songs. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, it's, and it's so, and it was different than how, it's, how we usually do it, like how I've usually done it. Usually it's, I get the beat, make the words to it, you use that. This time it's like I just had these words over beats that I couldn't use, so it was like he had to listen to those beats, get the timing down right, and then create this whole new song. And it's like, it's like would I have been able to rap over a beat like this if I had the beat prior? Right. You know completely. We say what? You flipped. It was a completely flipped script. Yeah. But I didn't want to give up on these words that I said because I was like, bro, this, this shit feel good. Like, <laughs> what? So. So, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm getting that mixed by my homie. And then the guy who made the beats, I was like, yeah, let's get it mixed by someone else. I'm having my homie Austin mix it and then have someone else uh, master it. But, man, that project's going to be hella dope. And then I'm just, oh, I got some stuff. I got some crazy stuff coming out with Milk and Cooks. Uh, one of the songs on They Don't Get, it blends into another song. Well, I'm not releasing that song until way after. That one is a fucking banger, and that motherfucker just—I'll have to send you some shit so you can peep yeah, it out. Yeah. Please. But uh, man, I'm just—I'm just in the studio. I'm creating. So we're—I have between now and, and October um, two projects: one one three tracks, one five one five tracks, and I think like two or three singles. So. God damn, you're ready to go. Ready to go. Oh, you got—you always gotta keep one in the chamber. That's I keep it. Keep a few in the chamber. <laughs> yeah, you got an extra mag in the back pocket too. It sounds like. You know what I'm saying, I, I, come, I got the bomb strapped to me. We're blowing this bitch up. Yeah, bro, for sure, man. You're totally, you totally locked down in the studio. I love that. Oh man, all the time, all the time. Awesome. Well, dude, I'm so excited to hear that music. I'll definitely support. Please send it to me. That's one of the benefits of the podcast is people telling me about their music coming up. I'm like, so you can send that to me before it comes out, right? All right. No, I got you. I'll text some stuff to you. Hell yeah, bro. Well, this has been such a pleasure. Again, I, I want to truly acknowledge you for all your hard work after hearing your story, man. Like, I got even more respect for you. And it's clear that the future is bright for Austin Fillmore. So I'm excited to see what happens, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, my guy.
No problem, man. I'm excited for this episode to come out. We'll be in touch again soon, and you have a good one, okay? Yeah, when are you planning on dropping this one? Uh, next Wednesday. All right, just, just let me know. Send me some, like, uh, clips of it or something. Matter of fact, let me take a... I'm going to take a screenshot. Bam. And then uh, I'm going uh, to... Um, I'm going to post on on my story or whatever, but just let me know so I can promote it. Oh, for sure, man. I'll send everything to you guys. Do you have a logo? Yeah. Uh, holler at Evan. He'll send it to you. Okay. Sounds good. I'll, I'll text him. No worries. My man, dog. Love you, bro. You stay smooth. Hey, same to you, man. You keep enjoying those Southwest salads for me, okay? I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll have a good one, man. Peace.